Hi everyone, my name is Anika Aftab and welcome to The Only in the Room, the podcast where we explore stories of some incredible humans that have felt like an only in a room full of people. Despite all that, they decided to transform their experiences and leave a greater impact on the world. Remember, the only is not just a feeling. It's a movement. Join us as we delve into the life and experiences of family. Through personal antidotes and introspection, Valen shares his journey of overcoming trauma, embracing intuition, and finding fulfillment. From quitting his job that no longer served him to embarking on a transformative trip. Fallon's story is a testament to the power of self-awareness and living authentically. Tune in for an exploration of life's complexities and the pursuit of true happiness. I mean, I can tell you my whole story if you want about like my childhood. Um, Yeah, go for it. But if we're going to do like, if we're going to do another interview, let's just do it then. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I feel, I have feeling like something just shifted and I don't know. No, I you want to do continue. it? I kind of do. I don't, I know we were like setting up to not do it, but then all of a sudden I just like, I don't know, the flow and okay. state just kicked in. Tangles. Sure. So, all right. Let's do it. Yeah. I'm feeling, I'm feeling Great. like this let's is the time it. right now. So okay. tell me, tell me just like, yeah, tell me your life story if you want. Sure. Um, I am going to just go with my gut, which is to say not all of it, but the important parts. Um, So when I was younger, like my first memory that I have is sitting on a staircase when I was maybe four years old, three years old. And my mom is on the phone, like yelling at my dad and then hangs up the phone and starts to cry. And it's like the first memory I have in my life and so that kind of set the tone for me in a lot of ways being this like in between person in between the tension of my parents of my families never feeling fully like grounded in one place or one relationship always like kind of being yanked around um and that was just really sad honestly like as a kid and and I I'd never really resonated with the word sadness until I just read it in your, in the the list. And I've definitely felt sad, but it was like, it was a different kind of sadness. It wasn't just like, I'm sad about something that is happening. It's like, I'm sad about life. Like I'm sad generally. Um, And that I think was how I felt as a kid. And then that kind of, or scared too. And that evolved into like numbness eventually like I wasn't always sad as a kid but it was kind of an underlying thing that I experienced and then Mm -hmm. as I got a little older I like I started to um the sadness started to come up I guess like when I was a kid it was just in my body or just like as a kid would experience it but then once I was more conscious of myself I could feel it in a different way and that was really intense and it didn't really have words like I'm just putting words to my experience as like an 11 year old that I totally didn't have right But then um, around 11, I started to like look for ways to numb this feeling, which ended up for me being porn was like my addiction of choice. 
Yeah. Well, I didn't really choose it, but it, it was <laughs> kind of just what happened. Um, and so that was like whenever I was feeling sad or ashamed or scared or, or angry or alone or like any negative emotion, it was kind of like the easy opt to just like go watch porn and then feel this like numbness again. Right. Um, and so, yeah, that lasted like a long time until I was like 19 or 20. And then I started to like really come out of this, this numbness uh, back into the sadness, back into all of this melancholy and heartbreak. And what am I doing here? Why am I alive? What's the point? Um, if I'm not enjoying my life, like literally what's the point of, of living it? Mm-hmm. And so that all kind of like precipitated me going on this journey of, of asking those questions and looking for answers and, and going through a lot to figure out what I've figured out now, which has a lot to do with being here mm-hmm. and, and just being and being connected and, and feeling alive and letting the full spectrum of life experience exist which I think like is serenity in a way, you know, serenity is this like sitting with sadness and not letting it be bad, right? Like sadness is not inherently a wrong thing. It's actually really normal and very human. It's just, can we sit with it without running away? And on the other side of things, can we sit with awe and wonder and gratitude and love these really big, potentially positive in quotations emotions right whereas those are not necessarily positive either right we just have a bunch of experiences and can we be present to them can we be Mm -hmm. blissful can we be resonant with the energy of life um and i've through coaching worked with a lot of clients to help them toward this idea of success and similar to what you were talking about like you got to where you always wanted to be and you were just like this is it this doesn't feel like anything you know and there's a sense of accomplishment which is really awesome right like I can do hard things like I've spent my time and put my energy into this and it matters and I'm going to make a difference and all of that is great but without this deep sense of groundedness and connection to self and connection to to God or life or spirituality or whatever like there's not really for me a purpose a point of doing any of that um mm-hmm. so yeah that would be my like kind of abbreviated answer for now i'm almost speechless but that is you know that's absolutely incredible how well, first off i think it's really impressive that you're able to to look back and i think it is easier looking back you know in hindsight and being like oh you know i was doing this and this and this and this and this is where i am now um, was there was there a moment for you that you realized you're like I need to make a shift? Mm, like, I need to stop numbing out. Like what were those moments for you that you're like this isn't working for me? Yeah, the first one was when I was a sophomore in college and I had like seven classes. Um, was working as an RA, was partying and drinking all the time, looking for hookups and outside validation was just overwhelming myself with all of this external stuff because really there was this unconscious unnamed fear of slowing down and actually sitting with what's real. And so uh, one day, one night, it was maybe 11 PM and I was walking around campus feeling 
you know, how I always felt, which was this like fog, melancholic sadness, just like, ugh, like, and obviously I'm not, I wasn't always like that, right? I had fun and went on adventures and did cool things and enjoyed life, but there was always this deep, like sense of, I don't know, just disconnect or, or not feeling myself, which, you know, at the time I didn't have really a context for even understanding um, that I was feeling. Now looking back, I'm like, oh yeah, that was kind of always there. Anyway, so it was 11 p.m. I was walking around campus, it was dark out, listening to Green Eyes by Coldplay, and I happened upon these monkey bars, and I climbed up on the monkey bars and was just sitting up there listening to music, and then all of a sudden I had this like panic attack, basically, where I, I was just like, breathe in, <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, and this thought came up in my mind, which is what I said earlier, which is, if I'm not enjoying my life, what am I doing? Like, why am I alive? if I don't actually want to live this life I'm living. And it, it's not that I wanted to die yet. <laughs> it's it's more like I just didn't want to live the life I was living, you know? And that's not to say I didn't want my life. I just didn't want the my life that I had right now in that moment. Um, and that was the life I'd put everything into creating, right? Like all of my effort had gone into creating the life that I was realizing that I didn't want. So that was kind of the first moment that I remember being like, whoa, I need to do something about this. And then about two weeks later, I was lying in a hammock and I just finished reading a book called The Happiness of Pursuit, which is by Chris Gilbow. And it's all about how humans need to go on these big quests to find fulfillment. And, and we're just like weird adventure seekers. And I, I started to sob at the end of this book. I was lying in my hammock and I just was like, breaking open because I realized it had been a dream of mine to go do something like this forever, right? Like I'd wanted to go travel ever since I was like 15, 14. And I saw on Instagram people like Chelsea Kawaii or Sam Potter, just like these, these people who are living such seemingly adventurous, beautiful lives all around the world. And, and um, I'd always wanted that. So Bali was the place that I'd always wanted to go. So I, from the hammock, walked to my boss's office, quit my job as an RA, which was like a big deal because you're really not supposed to do that. Um, walked to the registrar's office right after, skipped, actually I skipped to the registrar's office and quit my, or withdrew from college. Um, and then went back home, packed up my entire room in like two days because it was the end of the quarter. Flew home, um, bought a ticket to Southeast Asia and then went like um, three weeks later and I was 19. I'd never been outside the country and I just knew that I needed to do it. So I did. <laughs> I know this. That's amazing. I mean, holy crap that there must've been so many emotions that were involved in that, right? You had the courage, but you also probably had a lot of fear being like, what the fuck? Like, let's just do it. But I mean, how were you feeling? I mean, I'm not going to yeah. assume your emotions, I actually but... like wasn't that scared, which is interesting because people always think that I would have been. But that first one, you know, one of my clients said it yesterday because he is going to Costa Rica and he hasn't really mm -hmm. spent much time outside of the country. And he was just like, I'm so ready to get the fuck out of here. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly how I felt. Like, I just wasn't, I don't know, I was just ready to go. I had wanted to for so long and I had been repressing that desire because I thought I needed to like be who society wanted me to be. Mm -hmm. And um, so I was just ready. Yeah. I don't think I was necessarily uh, confident 
but it was more like an ignorance is bliss situation. Like I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. Yeah. But you were also stepping into yourself. Right? Like you just knew yeah. that your gut was telling you to do that. So you knew we were going to be okay because you were just trusting yourself. Exactly. And I, I didn't really have the words for that at the time. Like yeah. now I look back and I'm like, oh, you're so right. That's exactly the right words. But at the time I was just like, woo. <laughs> fuck it. Yeah, fuck well, it. I mean, that's kind of what I did with Hawaii, right? Like we talk about, I just booked, I, I just knew. I had no reason to come out here. I had a great job in DC. Like I was doing my dream work. I was working for Congress. Yeah. Like I literally yeah. was like, this is what I've always wanted my whole life. And and it wouldn't it didn't fulfill me. Like I just yeah. I didn't want to be where I was. And um, I think that's so admirable that you were able to to do something like that at the age of nineteen, nonetheless. So so what happened after that? Like what what did you learn while you were there? Yeah. Well, first I just want to say you too, and also that that experience of um, leaving what might feel good or like you the thing you've always wanted on an instinct, that's what I live my life based on is this intuitive sense of what's right. And it's what I help all my clients do. And so I'll get to how I made that commitment um, in this next segment. So Asia was really fun. I can talk about, you know, like the fun that I had there if, if yeah. you want, but as like a the growth journey piece of it was that I realized how many different kinds of lifestyles there are that are possible i met people who'd been traveling for seven years i met people who had like started and sold businesses and were just living abroad i met people who um were photographers or, or content creators or just like young people in college who were taking a gap year right it just opened my mind to all of the different possibilities of what a person can do when they're not living in this conforming way of being to all of the expectations on them um and I came back from Asia, had had a great time, and basically like realized that no one else in my world had experienced anything like I did. And that mm -hmm. was a big moment of feeling like the only one in the room, actually, back at college, being like, wait, I just did this thing that no one else has done. Like, And it wasn't in an ego way. I wasn't like, I'm so cool. I just like didn't feel like anyone could relate to me. Um, yeah. And that was... A really intense experience actually and and I was like okay but we're going abroad a bunch of people are going abroad at the beginning of junior year that's just like three months away so maybe they'll understand later so I'll just like wait it out until I go abroad and then and then I'll have my people again I'll, I'll go to New Zealand I'll be happy which as we know never really is the right way to think about it like oh when this happens then I'll be happy um, so in the interim between Asia and New Zealand I started to write a bunch of poetry and this is where my like unconscious healing journey really started to become conscious because my poetry acted as a mirror for my inner self, for my heart. Um, and it was really sad. Like there was a lot of anger, a lot of bitterness, a lot of resentment in my poetry about life. I was just like, and, and not like, not also there was, there's also hope and, and excitement and beauty and stuff too. But it first, it was the first thing that showed me like, oh man, I actually am like not okay with how my life is going. Not only do I have, am I not okay with myself and feeling not okay, but I'm just like, I'm not cool with this. Like, this is not good enough for me. Um, so in New Zealand, I got there and I was so depressed immediately because I had just gone from like yeah. beautiful California weather um, to 37 degrees and raining 
in New Zealand and I didn't know really anyone. I felt super lonely. Um, and I was going through this giant inner transition of like facing myself for the first time in my life and, and making myself conscious of my own pain and my own sadness. And, um, so when I got there, I read a bunch of books and I was in classes, but I was like, I don't want to go to these classes. So I read, uh, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance by Robert Piercig. I read Steve Jobs' biography and, um, I read a book called Not Nice by Aziz Ghazipura, which is about how to stop people pleasing and be your authentic self. And um, the combination of those three books really like dragged me through the muck of my own existence and then showed me what's possible and that I could be myself and be more successful being myself than I ever could being anyone else. And I can get into detail about all of that. It all came to a head at one moment when I was sitting in a botanical garden on a bench and I had just finished reading Steve Jobs' biography. And for those of you listening or you who don't know about Steve Jobs, like we all know of him as the founder of Apple, but we don't know. And we know that he dropped out of college, but we don't really know what happened in between those two things, most people. And he went and lived on an ashram and then uh, got really into like spirituality and psychedelics. And then he went to India and like studied with a guru and did a bunch of acid and then came back and then what? started apple yeah so like people don't really know that but i think it's important oh. an important part of his journey um, um i'm gonna okay there's two books i'm ordering or three actually your book <laughs> the old path white clouds and then steve jobs biography yeah yeah that is incredible Holy it is crap. it's okay, so sorry, keep going no, it's okay. It's like, I just think it's so important for us to talk about that because like in my, like, so did the Beatles, you know, the Beatles got into yeah. psychedelics, went to India, like lived on an ashram, studied with a group. Like there's, and not to say that that's like the path to success, but like, mm -hmm. I think that there's something to be said about differentiating yourself from the herd, from like who you think you need to be. And that is like having those types of spiritual mystical experiences is really powerful to do that. Um, and I don't know if it's like causation, correlation, like which types of people look for that type of experience. Anyway, don't need to get into the weeds. Yeah. Point is, I was finished <laughs> reading this book and I had this moment where I was in the, the forest in the botanical gardens and I looked up at the leaves above me and I saw every vein of every leaf. And then all of a sudden, like my soul just kind of like <laughs> out of the sky back into my body. And I just started to cry and I felt so grateful and like integrated and whole in a way that I hadn't felt since I was 11. So for 10 years, I had been living this like distorted, fogged, not real, not me version of myself based on what I thought I should be doing. And because of Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance and, and Piercig and Steve Jobs and all of these books, I just like, man, I just came back to myself. And that was probably the most powerful, um, sober, spiritual experience i've ever had yeah oh my goodness <laughs> yeah and this is just the question, beginning but this was yeah i was gonna say i can't even imagine i mean i just did shrooms for the first time i, mm. I did i mm -hmm. mention that yeah you um, did and it, it's so interesting so i haven't had that experience that you had with your soul coming back but yeah um when i was i was laying on the ground so I actually we ended up doing it inside uh which like we did, we walked around the first hour, two hours, um, right by the beach, you know, 
in the art district. And then we both decided, you know, like we'd feel a lot better inside. Mm-hmm. All the windows are open. So like, I mean, it's, it's a mm-hmm. very, it's like a high rise tent, like a, a high rise building. So mm-hmm. um, there was a lot of fresh air, fresh, um, there's a balcony. Cool. So it wasn't like consolidated. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's Honolulu. So <laughs> you're, you're looking out and you're seeing the clouds and you find prophetic things coming out of nowhere. Right. <laughs> um, but, but what, what you said that really resonated with me is, you know, I was laying down at some point, I was watching, I was looking at the ceiling, you know, I was moving like, you know, all the patterns and all that was happening. Mm. Um, and this cloud of red gas, like just popped up in front of me. And I was like, Oh, oh no, this is like the bad trip that I I knew was going to happen. I was like, oh shit, I I have way too much that I, maybe I shouldn't have done this. And then for a split second, I was like, stop, let's see what it is. Like, let's not even like stop freaking out. Let's just figure out what it is first. If it's something that you're afraid of, then we're just going to go into the fear, right? Or Mm, if it's not something you're afraid of, we'll we'll see, we'll see what it is. And as soon as I like acknowledged it, it like ran away. And I was like, oh, well, goodbye. Like, where'd you go? And then all of a sudden I was back to like appreciating the patterns and then it came back in the corner of my eye and I was like, come on, like, come join me. Like you can, we can Mm. see the patterns together. And then slowly it would start coming back and then it'd get scared and then it would like slowly come back. And then um, all of a sudden it like came back and down to me. And I was like, Oh my God, those are my demons. They just want to ride with me. I like, I, I had like a full circle Whoa. like moment of like, I like, I'm tearing up just talking about it. I had so many experiences that day. Like I could tell you all about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh my God, I, it was just me riding in with my demons. My demons just want to be with me. They're just, they're just afraid. And like, they, I, I've, I've placed so much emphasis on like those aspects of my life where I'm like, mm. you're part of my journey. I can't separate them from the being of me. Like, you know, and as soon as I started, like, I actually had fun with it. I was like, oh, these are different colored gases, like, floating around. Like, each had a theme, and the next every, like, 30 minutes was a different color. And I was like, welcome to the club. Like, let's have a fucking party. (laughs) Like, That's so um, cool. Yeah. It was absolutely, like, whew, like, a moment that I just and it resonated with me with what you said. It's just like it can't, you come back to yourself and mm. you just you're you're there. You feel you feel things that just you're like, oh my god, I've been missing this feeling my whole life. What have I fucking been yeah. doing? Like where literally where have I been? Where have literally I been? Yeah, 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 yeah. Where have yeah? That's such a good way to put it. And it's something that that um okay a amazing. Like I'm so glad that you had that experience. Short aside, have you ever heard of IFS, the internal family systems? No. What is it? No. It's a type of therapy or therapeutic method, and it basically revolves around helping different parts of a person come back and integrate into a whole. So, like, that's kind of, like, what you're experiencing. And and they talk about color a lot and, like, having conversations with those parts of ourselves. When did we lose them? What do they mean? And then, yeah. Um, Wow. Yeah. So, psychedelics. You should also psychedelics as an aside, like I think are such a beautiful way of of seeing what's possible. Um, And then oftentimes it takes a ton of work to like do that again without the drug. Um, But for the people like you're saying who have never felt that sense of what's possible before, it's so valuable because it's just like, wait, life can feel like this. 
like this is who I am. This is what I want. Like it, it just opens the doors wide open for you to actually like believe in something that you've never believed in before. And I think that is so powerful potentially. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I didn't know Steve Jobs had his own spiritual journey and I'm sure that there are so many people. We we just, you know, we think of that all of that stuff is like taboo, but it's actually not it's right? so it's, integrated it's, in our society it's just that people weren't allowed is. to talk about it because it was illegal but like right. so many of like the people who've affected i mean another person um like tim ferris for example like he for me and so many people in my life have has had such a huge impact right and then you see yeah. that he's like donated millions of dollars to psychedelic research and you're like oh yeah. like clearly this was a big thing for him right and then mm -hmm. it's just the more you dig into psychedelics and and success and who's like affecting the world, the more you see that the people who are making like, not all of them, obviously, but like a lot of really successful, influential people have used these things. And again, I don't know mm -hmm. if it's like causation or correlation, but it's just interesting. Yeah. Like, it's not like it doing it makes you incapable or incapable of being a good person, right? Which I think a lot of people think. Absolutely. You know, so it's so funny you say all of this is like my most controversial, I've decided my most controversial um, opinion right now is every member of Congress should do psychedelics. <laughs> and if we had if we had a government with people with that level of like, you know, have understanding of themselves, I do yeah. not think we'd be in the society that we're in today. And I still love Definitely government. Not. I still plan on running for office. But I, I really think that is one of my most controversial. It shouldn't be controversial, but it will be. That's my, that's my opinion. It is for now, but like it might not be forever. Yeah. I mean, these things are moving pretty quickly. Like, it's yeah. a lot more legal now than it was ten years ago to do mm -hmm. psychedelics. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, sorry for going off on a tangent. No, Tell no, me more. I love this so tangent. So what, what happened? What happened after this? So this, yeah. this was in so New, New Zealand? Zealand. You were in. This was in New Zealand. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And, and um, then, so this is when you were 21? 21. Mm -hmm. More or less. Yeah, about. So after that experience, how did, what changed for you next? Yeah. So after that experience, um, the way that I always describe this is like when I went back, well, A, I was really happy and just like enjoying life kind of for the first time ever and making yeah. choices with intention instead of just kind of falling into choices that were happening. Um, and then when I went back to, to college again, I had this experience of, of of returning to a house where a blind version of me had put all of my furniture, right? So I like didn't know <laughs> where my shit was. And I was just like walking into stuff and stubbing my toes. And this is all metaphorical, right? But like the life that I had was just like, not at all the life that I actually wanted. It was just like the one that I had made based on who I thought that I should be. And so that um, came to a head when I was in a business class one day. It was called uh, Operations Management Information Systems 34, Information Technology and something. I don't know, like the most boring generic <laughs> yeah. like name you could imagine. And like, there's nothing wrong with this class. It just, for me, like irked, rankled this like deep new self that I had just come back to. And um, mm -hmm. So I was walking back from class. I'd just been studying in the library before that for like six hours, studying like Boeing. It was so boring. And I'm sharing this boring part to give you like the context. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it was raining out and I was stopped at a crosswalk and uh, going back to my house. And all of a sudden, um, the rain stopped in the air. The time froze. 
and there was a car coming and the car like froze. And my, my mind said, if you stepped in front of that car, all of your suffering would end. Yeah. And I remember this moment like so vividly and time froze. I was standing there taking this in and I take a step backward and time starts again, rain falls, car goes past. I'm shaking. My whole body is like, really? Like that, that's your best solution to this, like the situation that you're in, in life failing like brain, that's really the best we can come up with. And, um, that was my reaction. And then I, from that moment, I just consciously and subconsciously vowed that for the rest of my life, I would listen to my intuition because like, if that was the worst, you know, if, if like, what do I have to lose if I, if I literally want to kill myself? Right. So because I got to that low, it gave me access to a level of commitment to myself that I couldn't have made without getting there because I realized there's like literally nothing to lose from trying to live exactly the life that I want for myself. And as, as potentially like dark as that moment sounds, it's actually like a, one of the like best things that's ever happened to me personally, because like I said, it just, it changed the entire trajectory of my life. Like, and it, it was this moment that was like the buildup from from that first moment on the monkey bars through all of these travels that I did to this moment was like, okay, I'm going to do what I want to do with my life. No holds barred. And so that was like kind of the beginning of, of the rest of this path I've been on. And um, I can talk about the rest too, but I think that was like the, the sadness to making a choice piece. And then the serenity came later when I like actually put that into action, started meditating, started, slowing way down um, yeah watching the trees blow and the wind and like feeling the sun on my skin meditating reading coming into like a, a peace too um so yeah i think it's interesting because this is kind of the journey to the end of my book right uh and then that's still like there's two years three years now that i've lived that aren't in my book which is wild so tell me tell me about tell tell me about the book why you picked the title that you did what your what is your book called let's start there. it's called it's called why live is the title okay and why the subtitle oh sure um actually let me share the subtitle subtitle is, is the beautiful and painful mess of learning to love life mm-hmm. and um the title came after like three or four edits of my book and um I just kind of realized that that was like the question this book was trying to answer. And when I say why live, it's also like the story of my journey or the the name of my journey, right? It's like, I went from saying, why am I alive if I don't like the life that I'm living to then saying like, why am I alive? This is so painful. I should throw myself in front of this car to then Mm -hmm. being like this. And the reason it's not why am I alive or why are we alive? It's just why live is because it's like, an action living is an action. It, it takes intention and focus. And on the other side of things, like the cash out of my book, the end of it is like, why live? Well, to live, like to experience this life, to give your gifts, to be a person, to, to feel what it's like to just to like experience the fullness of life. Like, and, and I think that the, the question why live is kind of a chameleon and it can go from, from being a dark, sad, heavy question to also being a really beautiful inspiring one and so that's why i like it is because it fits 
all parts of my journey and is ultimately like what I was searching for for so long. And I love that you talk about that duality, right? Even the the sections that I sent you um, and something that I'm exploring right now is that duality of life being Boy, it's not black and white. Same. It's no. not. This is and like, I'd love to hear yeah. from you. No, go. No, go, please. Go. No, no, no. I was going to say, I'd love to hear your thoughts on what I'm, I just mentioned, you know, or like that duality aspect yeah. of life. This has been... This has been like the big thing that I've been sitting with since I published my first book. Like, so the last year solidly has just been sitting with paradox has like, and, and there was this feeling I had when I was with my ex of like loving her, appreciating her, wanting to be with her and feeling called to not like feeling this divine sense of like, I need to not be with you at this point in my life. And that was so fucking paradoxical, like to be in love with someone and infatuated and like enjoying of their company and also to feel this calling to like not be with them. And I think that when we have these like really big paradoxical feelings, a lot of the times humans just kind of shut off because it's a lot to sit with. Like it, it's a lot. And, and, you know, and another way of putting that is one time um, I was on top of a mountain and it was sunset and, an I was actual just mountain, finished. Not metaphorically. <laughs> yes. An actual mountain. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, and I was camping up there and uh, I just finished reading a book called the five invitations, which is all about death and dying and what it can teach us about life written by mm-hmm. this guy named Frank Ostaseski, who, was one of the co-founders of the Zen Hospice Center in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like really in this mode of just like death and dying, not in a bad way, just like really okay with it, you know, present to death. And um, I finished the book and I just started like crying and laughing and crying and laughing. And yeah. um, I don't remember exactly what I wrote. It's in my book somewhere. It's like, uh, thank you, God, for the gift of being alive. I'm so grateful, but I must die or something like that. Like it, like I just knew, you know, not now, yeah. but eventually. Like it's it's mm-hmm. this feeling of like acknowledging death and sitting in life. And I think that that's like the deepest paradox that we have. And it's always here. Like it's always here. Or the subtitle of my book being the beautiful and painful mess. Like inherent to the word mess is this like anti-duality and then beautiful and painful are like always here also. And I just think that paradox is so important because it's where we find truth. Like truth is complicated. Truth is nuanced. Truth is intellectual. It doesn't fit cleanly into words. Words are just like a human creation of an experience that transcends Mm -hmm. understanding. Right. And so it's really a, a brave thing to sit, in not knowing or not understanding and be okay with, with the grayness, the nuance. Um, yeah. I love that so much. I have two things. One, Mm. um, first I, this is actually going to take us to another tangent, but, um, just going back to really quickly what you said about that paradoxical feeling you were experiencing, you know, with your ex, um, how do you, and this is a question I'm trying to answer for myself. So mm-hmm. how do you differentiate when it's your intuition or when it's a trauma response? Yeah, great question. Um, 
it's something I'm still figuring out and figuring out with clients too. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think it's actually like pretty easy. It just doesn't feel easy. But now that I'm like really thinking with it, it's like a trauma response necessitates a quick response. It's like, mm -hmm. it's either a shutting off or it's like a running away, right? Like you think about fight, flight, freeze kind of thing. Like mm -hmm. there's this immediate reaction. And I think that intuition is a lot slower. Um, sometimes there are like intuitive hits, but it's usually for me at least like a gradual process of sitting with myself and letting the intuition unfold from a little anxiety somewhere in my body to like a little bit more anxiety to, oh, maybe it's about this to, oh, it is about this to, I need to do something. Um, and when I say anxiety, I don't really mean fear. I just mean like an itch, like a, a feeling. An example I have of this is I was working at a startup in Arizona and um, every morning I went and sat in my hammock and meditated for like 20 minutes. And I just found that every morning I was really anxious when I was meditating. And that had not been the norm for me for the like five months leading up to this experience. Um, and I was having a great time. I was running, I was in really good shape. I enjoyed my community and the work I was doing. But I just was anxious every morning. And eventually I, I um, wrote a song. And this is a really good piece of this puzzle actually, is that if you have some way of doing art, whether it's poetry or music or painting or dance, like some way that you can kind of see into your unconscious, that's a really good way to get an idea of what your intuition is saying. So I wrote a song, recorded it, and then listened to it. And it was all about wanting to go adventure and leave like this behind and just follow my heart. And I was like, oh, well, that seems pretty obvious now, and I probably should quit this job. And I had really been wanting to write a book for two or three years, and so I just quit. And then I felt much better. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't, I don't know, but it's it's hard. I also think another piece of it has to do with journaling and writing and just, like, being self-aware, um, going to therapy, getting a life coach. Like, there's a lot of ways That is to... what you do now, right? You are a life, life coach? coaching? Do you, yeah. do you call yourself a... How do you... You have a specific way you brand it, right? Yeah, I'm still figuring it out. Um, I just yeah. landed on the term self-expression coach, which okay. I'm not sure how I feel about that yet. But authenticity mm -hmm. has been like the big brand that I've been under. Um, but yeah, that is what I've been doing. Um, your gut, your so gut yeah. will tell you. <laughs> yeah, eventually. Have you, have you named but, your gut yet? <laughs> like my intuition? Yeah. Have I given it a name? Yeah, I have. That's why I ask. <laughs> What's your name? <laughs> my my gut's name is called Candy with two eyes. Um, okay. And she, just like, you know, we used to date our fears, if you remember that from uh -huh. those exercises mm -hmm. with Alex. Like, I, I was like, why not? If my gut's going to be something that's telling me something, might as well tell me, like, might as well give it a character, right? Or personify yeah. it. And, um, and like, I honestly, I have one other friend who like, he also has picked a name for himself and, um, and we both just joke. He's like, can't, you're not listening to candy. And I'm I like, actually you're not listening have. to your gut. <laughs> so what's your gut name? Well, it's not really my it gut. It's more of like my connection to God. Uh -huh. Tell so, me more. <laughs> yeah. Just to like, 
man, that's kind of a big thing to say, I guess. Um, <laughs> it doesn't feel like it to me. It feels normal, I guess, at this point in my life. But there's like the way that I think about the human experience is we are these little meat sacks with bits of consciousness in us. And we're like alive in the midst of all of this other life that's been expanding and compounding and destroying and, and whatever for like billions of years. Right. Mm -hmm. And we're these like blips, not to say that we're not significant because to ourselves we are, but in the grand scheme of things, we're so small. And so that like massive unfolding and burgeoning life force is how I think of God. Well, that's like what I think of spirituality is this like context that we get to exist in. But I think that we don't really have the level of capacity to even sit with what that is because it's so fucking gigantic. Like when you really try to think about all of life, like what is all of life doing, which is another mm -hmm. part of my book, which is like, why is life here? Not just why am I here? Are you here? But why is life here? Um, mm -hmm. Anyway, the point I'm trying to get to is like God is the word that we use or a word that we use to rationalize that giant thing. So yeah. our human bodies are like tuning rods for connection, I think. And part of that connection is to life, to other things, to part of this like allness that we exist in. And so when... I say connection to God, I mean the the deepest level of self-awareness that gives me insight into my own connection to everything else. Um, and that is, feels like a very mystical experience in that it's like big, grand, yeah. like, mm -hmm. oh, whoa. Um, and that's where I let a lot of my my insights and my my intuitions come from is that like connection and so when i talk about letting my life be led by god or by intuition or by my gut or by my heart like it's that body awareness grounded in spiritual understanding for myself not for everybody but this is my own right. spiritual understanding of what's real um that then helps me to take action on on things um Anyway, I didn't answer your question, which is the name, and that's because I've never, <laughs> I've never told anyone this name, so I'm, I'm not going to tell oh. you. But oh, you don't I have appreciate to tell you me. asking. Yeah. <laughs> no, of course. I mean, whatever it means to you, yeah, right? Yeah. And like keeping it there. <laughs> um, but I, the, I, everything you just said, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack <laughs> there. So I'm like, there I don't is. even know if I want to ask a question. I just wanted to sit with it for a second, you know? Sure. Um, and just wow like i mean how did you how did you get to a point where you were even able to comprehend something like that because it's so it is so massive that sometimes our little brains can't handle it like i i needed to take a moment like i i yeah. still need to take a moment so that's why yeah. i asked another question <laughs> no i mean we can just take a moment like for example i look out the window right now and i see like these trees growing outside my window and i look at them and i'm just like whoa, like <laughs> trees are crazy. And there are billions of them probably, you know, definitely. And then you look yeah. at like snow and it's like, it's just, it's wild that, that things exist. Like 
-hmm. but this is something that I've really been landing on recently, like that existence exists. Like that's nuts that we get to like mm -hmm. comprehend that existence exists. So I think that's like the core piece. Um, and it's good to sit with. Mm -hmm. I have a fun fact for you about yeah. the stars, the trees and stars, if you want to hear one. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah. there are more trees in our on Earth than there are stars in our universe, but there are what? more there are more stars in our galaxy than pieces of sand in our Earth. Whoa. Yeah. The galaxy is <laughs> huge. <laughs> yeah, it is. And if you think about little pieces of sand, yeah, like that, yeah, every little individual, yeah, there are right. more stars. And this than is that. why, this is why I'm like, bro, like just think about the magnificence of being alive. Like, why are we so worried about all these little things? Or like, just fucking sit outside, like marvel at the fact that you can eat a mango, and just eat the mango and enjoy it. You know, like. Why, what's, what are we all doing? You know, it's ridiculous to me sometimes. What advice would you give to younger Phelan? <laughs> um, which stage? I laugh because Anything? we're so, I was going to say, I laugh because we're so, you know, how we have these conversations. Like I look back and I'm like, oh my God, if I try to tell myself this, like two years ago, she'd be like, shut up. You are literally on another plane. <laughs> like, stop it. Like, stop yeah. doing that. You got to focus on what you're doing. Like, focus on work. Like, don't be all this, like, dilly-dallying shit, whatever the fuck. Okay, can I just, like, <laughs> say something? This this might answer yeah. your question, but, like, the thing that is most crazy about all of this shit that I'm talking about, which is not actually shit, it's, like, I'm, I have a lot of reverence for this stuff. It's, like, it's that, like, these these people the past us's or whoever you're you're talking about who are working so hard to like achieve and get and like ugh, like i just need you know want 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 yeah. like give give you know it's just this like it's so um useless like there's just no point and what's crazy is that as i sink deeper and deeper into my trust of the universe of myself of of god of whatever this like thing is things just work like i find that i'm i'm getting paid more than i could ever imagine to to literally be myself like i'll just share a short story like this past weekend i went and drove down to richmond virginia to do a client retreat with one of my clients and um a client retreat this is like a three-day intensive with one-on-one -on -one with me with a client which like I don't think anyone does, you know, like, I don't think that's super normal in the world. So a, like, that's just something that's come out of my business of myself naturally. Like I didn't intend to do this. It's just what I'm doing. Um, and I got paid a lot, like yeah. thousands of dollars. And one of the days I got to take my client into the woods, sit by a stream, smoke weed and teach her how to enjoy resting. Like, imagine, like if I told myself from four years ago that that's what I would be getting paid to do, like no fucking way, you know? And so when I think about this, like people work so hard to like achieve these lives that they don't even want. Like, what do you want? What do I want? Like start there, right? 
what's right for me? What am I good at? What are my gifts? Like, how did I end up here as a human being living this life? Like, what do I have to offer? Right. And for me, yeah, going into the woods, making someone feel safe to like let their guard down and just enjoy life. Like that is a gift that I have. So sitting outside and eating a mango, like literally is worth. And when you think about it this way, like what's the point of doing all of this work to get a life if you're not even going to enjoy it? Like, why would you try to get all the money and like acclaim and whatever, if you can't sit outside by a stream and chill out? Like so many people go on, did you know that they have vacations now for sleeping? Like people go pay a bunch of money to go to a hotel and sleep. Like, oh, it's so fucked up. Like, this is the point that our society has gotten to that we work so hard to make money so that we can go on vacation and sleep. Like, that's just something you can do every day. Why do we need vacations to sleep? Like, Why are, just don't doing? work so hard. So, yeah, I'm pretty passionate about wow. this. No, I I love it. I love the passion. I, I'm still in awe that there first off that's really cool that you were able to do that like the three day uh, yeah. i've never oh. heard of anything like it no Sorry, me neither. We're gonna say, and oh just also like just so people don't think that i'm just smoking weed in the woods with my clients and that's all i do like this client also like we talked about a lot of traumas and past like stuff and helped her figure out what she wanted with her life and she's been <laughs> like it's it was good too in in other ways really what do you want that question is something do you know the do you know the answer to that question right now does it change for you um i think that why perhaps you got part of why you got tingles at the beginning of this episode is the, the sadness to serenity thing is actually like a very astute question or prompt um because what i think i want is still not what i want sometimes you know and i'm out of i don't mean this in like a un, like tooting my own horn way just like out of everyone i know i'm i'm pretty in tune with myself um and what i want and who i am and still my ego like as in the version of me that wants acclaim fame success to be liked all of the stuff like definitely still has a say and I actually don't think it's a complicated answer, basically, um, because what I want, there's a lot of different kinds of wanting. And I think that it, it's OK to have all of them and different levels. It's like, what's the spiritual wanting? What's the physical wanting? What's the mind wanting? What's the, the society wanting? What's the community wanting? And, and at a deepest level, I think the further you get away from that core self, the less good that wanting is um like buddhism they talk about relinquishing desire right and like desire is the root of all suffering and i used to have a problem with that because i was like okay but you all want to be enlightened <laughs> you know like the literally the whole religion is built on a want um or even just to say you want to not have desire like that's a desire and so i think that what is most what's most important to recognize is like desire is not in intrinsically inherently bad it's just is it real you know and so when you ask that question what is what do i really want like i mean i just want to sit and eat mangoes and and read books you know like it's not that complicated it's just then there's other stuff like i want to help the world and i want to 
be known and I want to contribute and I want to like take care of myself and have a family and, and take care of them. And right. There's all of these, these things that build on that core foundational, like, I just want to be here. I want to exist. And I think that's like where I've landed after so many years of this journeying is like, I just want to exist. Like I, I really want to live. And that is, is the only thing I can say is, and it's not that I want to like just exist or just live. Like I want to really live. My life is not long. Like I'm going to die, you know, and I want to live a life that I can look back at and be like, wow, I did that. Like I did everything that I, I tried to do everything that I wanted. I didn't like give up on myself. I didn't play small. I didn't let fear overcome my like true desire. Like I just want to, you know, I want to live. I love it. And I feel like it's so full circle to like what we talked about, what your book was literally like, <laughs> you know, everything that we've spoken about today. Um, also, I think I need a journal after this. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> I know we have like, like a few more minutes, but I'm going to, I'm going to close out soon. Cause I think I just need to write <laughs> like for a little sure, bit before yeah. my, Good. my therapy session, trying EMDR. So that should be interesting. Um, I'll also look into IF, IFS. Um, mm. but I, I don't know if I can answer that question right now. I mean, I do have a lot of different desires, you know, but I think if I were to answer that for myself, it would be, I'm looking for a particular feeling of, of serenity, you know, mm. it's not specifically serenity. I wouldn't use that word. Um, mm -hmm. there's a type of gut feeling that I felt a few times more recently. Mm -hmm. It's been coming, mm -hmm. you know, coming and going, coming and going. And, um, it's just that surety in yourself, like when you're following your like to through and through, right? When you got excited, tell me, what were you going to say? I just want to read something to you, but I have to go find Please. it. Please read it to me. Uh, okay. So do you know who David White is? David who? David White? White. Yeah. He's a, no. a poet. Um, he's really, I like him a lot. Anyway, what he said in this thing that I'm doing right now is he said, take some time to think about how you would answer the question, what is good for me in the deepest context of your life? In other words, what practices bring you closer to touching something timeless and essential? What habits evoke a sense of rested wholeheartedness, the foundation of true generosity to yourself, others, and society? Like, what an insane question, you know? Wow. And I feel like that's More what you're getting at. <laughs> yes, no, absolutely. And um, I haven't been able to place it yet, right? But I'm excited because I found it, and I'm looking, yeah. I'm ex excited to explore it. And I yeah. know it'll come and go, but how can I continue to put myself in positions or talk to the people? Like talking to you right now, I'm feeling yeah. it again, right? And I'm like, Same. oh shit! Like it's like heck yes! Like we're what does this mean? Like what? And you know, sometimes it doesn't need a meaning, but it's like, what about this is causing me to feel this way? And how mm -hmm. can I continue to add this more into my life? I'm not subtracting things. I want to continue to, I, right. I'm, I'm like that abundance mindset, right? Of like, how can I continue to allow the universe to yeah. give me exactly what I need yeah. in my path? And it's like, how can I allow myself to accept that it's already here? Like it that's is. the abundance mindset. It's always mindset. been here. Like, it's already yeah. inside me. Yeah, it's exactly. It's all there. It's literally yeah. everything. So and that's like, just, just breathing <laughs> is like such a good mirror for this. Like mm -hmm. there are some breaths that we take as humans where it just feels like, ah, like there's no oh, anxiety. No. <laughs> oh, 
good timing. Actually, this was at the end, but just the breathing universe, is a really good the representation. The universe told us that it's over. Yeah, it's over. We, <laughs> right I'm at kidding, the beginning and right no, at the end. <laughs> it, it but see, but I want to just say though, as soon as that first pause came and we were like the second pause came and you were, we were both like, whatever, just let's do this another time. Uh -huh. My gut was like, no. I'm it so was, glad she, we did this. Candy was like, Candy was like, no, you need to have this conversation right now. Yes. Okay. If this is like <laughs> the thing I can leave people with is like, I don't know if it's for everyone, but I think that it is like, trust yeah. that sense inside of us. Like yeah. that's literally all we need to learn how to do as humans is just like, have faith in that inner knowing. A hundred and ten percent. I can, I can't agree more. Like my logic was like, no, it's a great idea. What if you lose this half of this conversation? Like all of these other things. And like, I was like, no, just follow your gut just do it and yeah i'm i'm, I'm glad i'm this last oh me hour too has thank, been... you. <laughs> thank you thank you you been such an amazing can i can i take a quick okay well anything i don't even know if there's like i, I haven't even looked at my questions i just i'm excited to to write this up i want to share what i do right and um i'd love for you please. to review it but i yeah. appreciate you for taking the time and like can we please like have more of these like yes i know we're both Definitely. busy but like, I just, can we go, I'm going to come visit you in Portugal or wherever yeah. the heck you are. Like, Please. well, you're going to be doing the Camino. So like where in Europe you are, let me know when you're <laughs> stable. If ever. Or like, if you ever want to come, like if you ever have a time that you want to come travel, just let me know and I'll travel around you. That's kind of the other way Perfect. I can do it. Yeah. Amazing. Let's, let's figure something out because I think Agreed. that we need to Agreed. like, Connect have we even met in person? Time. I can't remember. No. Crazy yeah, third door connections, I, yeah. Well, you weren't at the event, right? Were you? No. Okay. I couldn't Dang. go. Yeah. Um, but I just, I mean, I feel like I've known you from a lot of, like, most of my life, even though it really... It's been, spoken... like, three years. That's, like, a long time, though. But in the three years, we've probably only spoken, like, five or six times. Yeah, if We're that. really... Yeah, if <laughs> yeah. So I just think it's amazing. Yeah. Um, Me too. I'm going to stop the recording, and then I'd love to take a quick picture so I can post sure. your book. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of The Only in the Room. If you like what you listen to, give us a follow on Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Facebook. The handle is at The Only in the Room. That's T-H-E-O-N-L-Y-I-N-T-H-E-R-O-O-M. If you want to connect with Phelan, follow him on Instagram at F-A-O. L-O-N. That's Phelan. I hope you have a wonderful day and I hope to see you on our next episode.